You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Doing the Work postgame show. On, as tonight, your three seated, number three seeded Indiana Hoosiers come up victorious in their second round game of the NCAA tournament against the Princeton Tigers, 56 to 55, sending them to the Sweet 16 for the second year in a row. I am your host, Kathy Amos, here with my co-host, Sean Cron, and today we will break that game down for you on this edition of Doing the Work, the new show on the Back Home Network dedica dedicated to covering the IU women's basketball. And I'm gonna, we're going to start this show the way we do every show, and that's with our banner moment. And um, it's probably an obvious one, but I'm, I'm going with it anyway. And I'm going to the end of the game where we have 28 seconds to go, and we're down um, by one point, and we have a timeout. And it's just been a grind the second half. You know, at one point in that third quarter, we were up by 14 points, and uh, we really just kept, you know, letting it slip away. We've had some scoring droughts. Princeton just, you know, hats off to Princeton. They just played a hell of a game and never went away. They never quit. And finally, at the 28-second mark, after being down one, we have a timeout. We get the ball down to Grace, and Grace Berger did her Grace Berger thing. She drove down. She got that two um, and got that lead back, and we wouldn't relinquish it after that. Of course, we know that led to um, some tough defense that we're, we've been known for all year and an alley steal on the other end. And then eventually we had um, Alexa Goulbay with 1.6 seconds hitting both her free throws to steal it for us. Um, and we would uh, end up winning 56 to 55. So our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. It's their first season as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And did you know that among Homefield's large collection of vintage IU apparel is a shirt commemorating one of the most successful seasons in the history of Indiana women's basketball program? It's true. In fact, I have it on again tonight. So um, it was my lucky shirt Saturday. I brought it in uh, for the game tonight. So <laughs> um, you can also have this shirt as well as many other IU collections in uh, the Homefield apparel um, collection. And given what our team is doing this year, it might be time for that new shirt. And if you support other college teams or other people in your life who do, Homefield probably has a shirt for them as well or some other kind of uh, product. Um, it extends to over 120 schools and there's lots of unique vintage logos for everybody to enjoy. Um, and no matter what you buy, <laughs> you know it will be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly so what could be better than that? Plus, if you haven't um, gone uh, bought from homefieldapparel.com, one, I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Two, go ahead and get out to the website and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME off your, uh, for 15% off. Again, go to homefieldapparel.com and wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find our open player, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And, Sean, I'll kick it over to you now for Sean's summation. What do you have for us tonight? Yeah, that was <laughs> – I want to say that was too close for comfort. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we knew tonight going into this game it was going to be a battle. Uh, Princeton uh, just coming in off of a uh, great victory over uh, Kentucky, uh, and they won their uh, 18 straight games prior to the, tonight. So – uh, they had a great defense uh, all year, and uh, I think uh, as we go through the numbers, uh, I think some of that uh, will recap a lot of that. But 
uh, we, we needed uh, to play a solid game and uh, take out some of their uh, um, big time players. And I, I think, you know, we just needed to grind out this victory tonight. And I think that's exactly what we ended up doing. Yeah, I, I would say that it's the grind. I mean, you can look at the score, 55-56, um, and uh, <laughs> the score alone tells you what kind of a battle it was, and it was definitely a defensive battle. It was definitely not our prettiest game of the year, but, you know, who cares? A win's a win. That's right. Survive, advance. We're going to the Sweet 16, everybody. So, um Welcome again, and as uh, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's win over Princeton, we will point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed, then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to the Doing the Work post-game show. Again, my name is Kathy Amos. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Cron, and we're breaking down that Indiana win over Princeton. So now it's time for meaningful moments you might have missed, and uh, yeah, Sean, you know, I don't know if we'll get too in-depth like we have in the past here. It was, uh, again, maybe not the most, uh, the prettiest of games, but why don't we go ahead and start with the first quarter, and uh, do you have anything you want to, to talk about? <laughs> I'm going to start with the very first play of the game, which was a, uh, which was a charge, um, charge foul call on Alley. Um, I think it, it basically told us exactly how the refs were going to call this game tonight. Um, you know, that, that first half, they were really calling it pretty close, um, and, and then, you know, later on, it was, it just kind of, it just kind of seemed to be up and down, you know, there's some fouls that uh, I think they obviously missed and other stuff that uh, I think they, uh, that weren't fouls, but, but needless to say, you know, Hey, you know, you, you can't leave it up to the refs. You got to play the game, play through it. Um, you know, so I, I think that kind of set the tone, but, you know, uh, shortly after that, you know, eight at the eight forty three mark, uh, Nikki hits her first three of the game. And, um, you know, she had a, and, and then right afterwards, she had a nice, uh, uh, she hit her th first three and it was from a nice cross court feed from Mac, uh, on the other, on the other side of the court. And, uh, we were, you know, at that point I was thinking, you know, Hey, we're going to be distributing the ball. Well, uh, hopefully our outside shots keep falling. And, uh, you know, um, it was just good to see, uh, uh Nikki hitting her first shot there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, uh, the, the other thing that I, I was really watching for is how much we would get it down to Mac in this game, because we definitely had a size advantage over Princeton, both with uh, McKenzie down low as well as Alexa. Um, and we, we had, you know, very early on two and a half minutes on that great feed from Nicole um, that made uh, from Nicole down to Mac to get her, her first bucket to make it five to five. Um, but it didn't seem like I thought through the whole game we really seemed to target her. And in fact, Sean, as we, you and I were watching the game together tonight, during that whole third quarter in particular, it really seemed like McKenzie was sitting quite a bit. And I really yeah. just thought we would go to her a lot more. Um, so I was a little surprised, um, you know, although it, maybe it was part of just the matchups too. We were trying to maybe match their size because they're again in that first quarter around the two minute mark. Um, you, the team was clearly trying to get it into Mac and they just really couldn't. The nice thing is that they did, you know, swing the ball around and found Chloe McMore. Chloe Moore McNeil out on the, the three-point line um, to hit end one of our scoring droughts, and that became a theme for our game. We did have quite a few scoring droughts in this game, um, but that put us back up there 12 to 13 in that first quarter. Um, what else did you have in that first? You know, you had mentioned about the uh, the size advantage with uh, Mac tonight, and, you know, uh, a couple things I wanted to hit on tonight was that, uh, you know, at the 635 mark, um, Mac had her first block of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, she ended up with four on the night. Uh, in that first quarter, she ended up with uh, with two 
uh, with two blocks, uh, one at the uh, 635 mark and another one at the uh, 530 mark. So I think uh, um, defensively, uh, you know, from defensive effort from McKenzie tonight, uh, as far as uh, down low, uh, it was uh, really spot on. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I wrote down, there were actually two moments that I wrote down um, on the Princeton side, and, and that was at the 6-10 mark. We had Abby Myers got her second foul, and um, just right at the end of that first quarter with about seven seconds left, um, Chen on Princeton got their second foul. And I thought that might um, play some advantage to us down later in the, the game, especially with Abby Myers. So for those of you maybe who aren't familiar with Princeton, um, Abby Myers was the Ivy League Player of the Year. Um, they are, she is definitely their leading scorer. She normally averages 18 points per game. So, you know, that forced them to sit her for a while and they really only average or, or play about six players. So I thought that might really play to our advantage, but it didn't um, quite seem to play out um, as, you know, the, the game on on. But that, that, those were both meaningful for things I wanted to, to miss to mention. So yeah, Abby did sit for part of that first quarter, but for the most part, they brought her back in and, and she ended up playing for uh, most of the rest of the game and ended up with, um, but she ended up with four fouls. So it came pretty close, but yeah. overall um, I thought that first quarter, you know, it was, it was kind of back and forth and was fairly even. We ended up, you know, 17 to 17 at the end of that first quarter. So anything else in that quarter you want to talk through? Uh, no, I think you covered it. Okay. All right, moving on to the second um, uh, quarter, I'll, I'll just talk about the very first play I thought that really came out for us on offense. And Allie was um, shooting a three. She made it, ended up getting fouled. Um, and that's put their third starter into foul trouble with um, with uh, a couple fouls there, too. So, again, there was just something that the, the referees that first half, I thought, was calling it really, really tight, especially compared to how we've seen some other women's game this year. So, um, but overall, and then Allie made that um, bucket to to make it a four-point play, and then would put us up there 21-17 um, to 17 to start that first quarter, or third quarter. Second quarter, <laughs> I'll get it eventually, to start the second quarter um, for us. But, um, and then they did put Myers back in right away after um, that. And then, again, continuing the foul theme, we go on defense and Nicole got her second foul. So, again, it was just a lot of whistles in that first quarter and the beginning yeah. of the second quarter. And I thought it was really taking the flow out of the game. Um, so, uh, what uh, what do you have for that second quarter? Yeah, at the uh, 4.05 mark, uh, Chloe Moore McNeil hit her uh, second three-pointer of the game. And that was great to see her. Uh, get in and uh, contribute and uh, you know she's you know showing that she's becoming a consistent uh, three-point threat I think um, and then uh, at the 347 mark shortly after that Mac ended up getting another block so her third block of the game yeah absolutely so um, you know again we'll talk about defense I'm sure and uh, especially on a couple of their key players that we had um, but, you know, we held them to 55 points. They, yeah. they do average around 68 to 69 points per game. So we definitely held them underneath. So our defense showed up again for us tonight. Um, and, you know, that's the, you know, the couple of things that you've listened to Coach Moore and talking going into this postseason, the things she's looking for are defense and um, rebounding. And, you know, we'll talk about the rebounding, I'm sure, when we get at the statistics. But from a, you know, eye test on the, the uh, defensive side, we definitely showed up tonight. Um, 
But, uh, you know, Grace was, I thought, kind of struggling to get going. She had a lot of turnovers in that first quarter in particular. But, boy, she, uh, around the 314 mark in that second quarter, she, you know, got the ball, drove in, and had one of her patented, I'm quite sure, patented at this point, right, pull-up jumpers yeah. at the, you know, kind of around that elbow mark. And I wrote down, is this going to get her going? And, and I said, you know, I thought it kind of did. You know, we had Grace um, – with at least point-wise production, she ended up with 15 points to, to lead the team. Um, and she really just had some key plays in that second quarter. And that really sparked a good run for us. Um, and we ended up going on an 8-0 run there in the middle of that that second quarter. And then we fouled Abby Myers. Again, their leading scorer. She's an 85% free throw shooter. She missed them both. Right. <laughs> and I was really shocked at that. And then we go back down on the other end, and Grace again um, scored another bucket to have us go 10 unanswered points there. And that's really how we would end that, that second quarter. We went on a 13-4 to run in the last four minutes um, to go up 10 at the half. So it you know, looked like we had some really go mo good momentum. So I really wanted to talk through that whole sequence, Sean. But did I steal any moments that are, do you have any uh, left? <laughs> no, I, th I think you covered those moments. The only thing I wanted to point out is the very last play of the game, they ended up calling a foul on Mac. And it was, you know, with like a half a second the left. Yeah, of yeah. the quarter. And so it was it was her her second foul. And at that point, I was like, you know, how is this going to affect us in the second half? You know, hopefully we could keep her out of foul trouble. And um, that, that, that didn't end up being an issue. But, uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, with a half second left, left in the uh, half that was a really unfortunate call yeah i i would agree um mckenzie would end up um though only with two fouls so it ended up not yeah. being too costly for us as a team yep so we went on that big run there at the end and momentum seemed to be really in our in our favor there um going into halftime um up 10. right um but yeah let's let's go ahead and start talking about the second second half because i think the this half it, it didn't quite uh flow out of the the locker room for us into the floor um and, you know, I didn't, I really didn't have a whole lot of meaningful moments really that I wrote down in the third or the fourth quarter. So maybe we'll, we'll try to touch on a few. Um, in the third quarter, I did write down, you know, around the six and a half, seven minute mark, mm -hmm. we had just a very a big offensive breakdown where we're really just, again, and there was quite a few of them, I thought, in the third quarter. Um, but it finally, you know, it ended up leading to a pull-up uh, jumper by Grace. Um, and that was important because that led to a 29-43 um, lead for us. So we had a 14-point lead. We had built yep. it right out of halftime. And then from there, um, Princeton just went on a run, uh, a 13-2 run over the last six minutes. And we went on just a very long scoring drought. We went well over four minutes in that mm -hmm. third quarter without scoring. Um, what do you have? Anything specific in the third quarter that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a couple shots by Grace. Uh, Grace had hit a, a couple fabulous shots. Um, you know, there was one shot where uh, she uh, she got the ball, she dribbled in the lane, and she spun to her right, and, and then just and hit a hit a great uh, jumper. Um, and that, that's the shot that put us up 29 to 43. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there wasn't, uh, wasn't a whole lot to talk about in that third quarter. I mean, we, we ended up, uh, um, getting a four, 14 point lead at one point. Um, but then by the end of the quarter, it was only a three point lead. Yeah. So they had really cut it down and, uh, and that was, uh, uh, that that started to get me uh, scared at that point and, and start me making me wonder, you know, what's what's happening here. You know, we need to um, need to work it down low and get get the ball back to McKenzie and uh, and start uh, you know 
writing the ship again. Yeah, that was definitely offensively um, by far worst quarter. We only had six points in that entire third quarter. So um, nothing there, I think, left to unpack. Let's move on, I guess, to to the fourth quarter. Um, So I, I wrote down again, you know, you and I talked about it here at home as well as earlier in the show here. I really wanted just to start getting the ball into McKenzie, and that's what I wrote down. Are we going to start getting the ball in? And immediately out of the the, the timeout after the third quarter, we did. We got actually our first two scores in that time. Excuse me, in that fourth quarter, we're getting the ball down to McKenzie, and she scored the first four points of that that quarter. Um, so what uh what else do you have written down from that fourth quarter? Any just before we. Yeah, I think uh, mark, you know, I think. that that <laughs> um, McKenzie's second shot that she hit in that quarter at the 741 mark, um, Nicole had uh, passed it into a Mac, and she she twisted she kind of twisted her way in through a double team uh, and went up for a score, you know, and scored a layup. And I, I just thought it was you know it was a great uh, great shot by a Mac and a great assist by by uh, Nicole in that point. Um, unfortunately, right after that, Princeton would take the lead. You know, they'd take their first lead of the game at the 519 mark. Uh, they went on an 8-0 run at that point, and mm-hmm. uh, IU hadn't, uh, they're on a bit of a scoring drought. They hadn't scored a point in uh, two minutes and 20 seconds uh, um, at that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, our um, turnovers were starting to uh, affect the game at that point. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely talk about turnovers when we get to the the numbers, but mm-hmm. a little bit the other, just another maybe moment I wrote down. Uh, you know, they just we've talked about it again all year how this team just never quits, and this is just another prime example of that was this game, but it specifically was Alexa Goldbay. Alexa did not have, again, from an offensive production the night that you would expect from her um, sometimes, especially you, you look at what she did a couple of days ago. Tonight, she only ended up with five points, but she did, again, things that doesn't end up in the stat sheets, and this was in particular at the 8.52 mark, so fairly early on into that fourth quarter, you know, they're, they're clearly struggling to get some defensive rebounds, and Princeton missed a shot, and Alexa just hustled well after that ball and dove on the floor and ended up saving it um, inbounds to get that defensive rebound. And again, just Alexa doing things and that you expect from her in terms of things that don't show up in the stat line. And that to me was just a fantastic example from Alexa. So um, overall, though, I thought Alexa kind of struggled offensively in this game, but she did, you know, again, things that we needed her to do. Um, for example, she contributed seven rebounds to right. to our um, 32 that we ended up with on the night. Um, anything else specific play-wise that you want to talk about from that fourth quarter? I didn't have anything else. Um no, I, I think the uh, the last play I wanted to mention was uh, at the uh, um, Grace hit the uh, shot with uh, tw- at 28.2 seconds left, and then um, shortly thereafter, Nikki, you know, in her pesky defense, forced Princeton into a bad pass. Allie got the steal and, and was fouled, and and at that point, then it you know the last is like the longest three seconds of a game ever. <laughs> um, you know, the Princeton had a couple fouls to uh, to give uh, before IU could uh, start shooting free throws, and so then it, um, the the rest was kind of uh, history from there. After uh, Alexa made uh, two free throws, yeah. 
I agree. So maybe let's talk a little bit, um, and we can take this to segue into inside the numbers as well and talk about our, our individual plays that we had. Um, you know, we really only played six players tonight. Um, we, mm -hmm. we kept it really short. Um, so let's start with maybe, you know, we've already talked quite a bit about Grace Berger. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just go ahead and dive inside the numbers if that's okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, let's talk about Grace. She ended up with 15 points for us tonight um, on seven to 14 shooting and seven rebounds. Um, the only thing that was, a, you know, kind of a blemish for Grace tonight is just that first half in particular, she looked really unfocused and she had five turnovers in the first half and would end up with six for the game. Um, just kind of uncharacteristic. You know, we, we only had six the entire last game when we, we, um, opened up our NCAA tournament play and uh, she had six by herself on this game. And I think that became kind of a theme for this team tonight was just 17 turnovers was well above the 11 that they want. And um, you told me earlier that we averaged right around 12 turnovers per game. And that led to 18 points for Princeton off of turnovers, 18 points. Um, so to me, that was the by far the, I think the stat of the game. If you're looking to understand why this game was so close to me, the biggest one was turnovers from us. And as you had pointed out too, um, a lot of those just seemed unforced. I mean, Princeton right. only had ended up with five steals. So it wasn't like they were stealing the ball. A lot of it was just, it seemed unfocused, you know, Alexa throwing the ball out of bounds, um, you know, to the, to the sideline and just missing it and just errant passes. You know, one time Grace tried to hit Grace Wagner cutting and um, but Grace had already cut. And it was, it was just really, you know, a very sloppy game that I think they're going to have to make sure that, you know, moving forward here as they, they move on to the, to the next round, they're really going to have to get that clean back up. Yeah, it was, I think it was unfortunate to see that, you know, the, the number of turnovers that they had tonight uh, compared to the last game, last game, they ended up with the, uh, with six turnovers total for the night. Um, and, and tonight they ended up with 17. So it was, um, I, I think maybe part of it was uh, nerves, maybe a lack of focus, like you had mentioned. But uh, yeah, they're definitely going to have to get that cleaned up before uh, before the next game. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Princeton either. I, I, no. I mentioned they only had five steals. You know, on, on the season, um, Princeton actually is a really good defensive team. Um, and so I'm going to shout out to Kirkwood Avenue News, um, who he and I have a text um, chain going about uh, these games. He gave me some stats, so I don't want to take credit for his. But Princeton actually forces 19 turnovers per game this season. Um, and they only allow 35% field goal shooting and only 51 points per game. So the fact that, you know, we were struggling, I, I don't want to say it was all mental. Some of it definitely was, again, the errant passes, but hats off to Princeton. I mean, I, I thought they were probably underseated as an 11. I, I thought they probably deserved a lot more, especially if you watch that Kentucky game, um, obviously on Saturday, they, they were a good team. So I, I'm not taking anything away from that. So um, yeah, what other kind of stats do you have? Uh, you want to continue with the uh, individual yeah. players? Uh, yeah, so uh, Mackenzie Holmes tonight, um, she only ended up with 10 points. Uh, as we had mentioned, you know, they, they didn't seem to be uh, looking for her, couldn't get the ball into her as much as uh, they had wanted to tonight. Um, but she had t 10 points on five of six field goals. Um, she ended up with eight rebounds. So um, seven defense, one offense. Uh, two assists, one steal, and four blocks. So she had a uh, she had a great uh, great game tonight. Uh, like I said, I mean it wasn't uh, it wasn't all about the points tonight, but uh, you know she uh, uh, 
Um, the game that uh, she played tonight was, uh, you know, the, on the defensive side, I'd say tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take that and segue into defense. And I want to talk about Allie Papford. Um, and I'm going to read off um, the stat line from Abby Myers from Princeton. So Abby Myers ended up with 11 points. Um, she got that on four of 15 shooting, including one of seven from three points. Um, in, in only one assist. So Abby Myers, again, was the Ivy League player of the year. She averages 18 points per game. And Allie had that defensive assignment. Um, to Coach Moran talked about that in one of her pre-game pre, pre press conferences, how she was going to put Allie on there. And Allie did her job. Um, and the reason I want to make sure to point that out is because I'm sure, you know, again, if, if you look at stat lines only, you're going to look at Allie's stat line of only six points, um, two turnovers, three assists, and say, oh, Allie didn't have a great game. I, I actually, on the contrary, I think Allie's defense is might have been one of the, the key contributing factors to yeah. what helped lead to this win for us. Again, holding Princeton to only 55 points in total, the biggest reason is because you kept Abby Myers to only 11 points and well under her almost 19 points per game average. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Along those same lines, uh, Nicole uh, Cardano Hillary tonight um, ended up with 12 points on four seven shooting. Um, but you know, a good portion of the night she was on uh, she was guarding Chen, and uh, Chen ended up uh, having 10 points on three of 13 shooting. So um, obviously, Nikki's defense was uh, was affecting her shooting. Um, I know she wasn't uh, you know she wasn't one of their main scores, but uh, the last game against Kentucky, she ended up having 30 points. Mm -hmm. So um, she was somebody that could actually uh, score and go off, and uh, I think Nicole did a great job uh, defensively on her. Yeah. And and along with that, Nicole ended up uh, leading the team in assists with four tonight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, um, so we should talk talk about our shooting though as a team. So yep. we ended up shooting fifty one percent from the field. So the problem again wasn't our shooting <laughs> tonight. It was that we did not end up with enough possessions because of our turnovers. But again, you know, when we did have the ball, we were really pretty quite efficient with it. It was fifty one percent. And again, just as a reminder, um, Princeton only allows thirty five percent in field goal shooting on average this year. Again, I understand that was you know in a different conference and the Ivy league and and you can make all those reasons but princeton is not any kind of a slack of a team especially defensively no. so to shoot 51 percent again it was a lot of um i thought offensively we were fine if we kept the ball yeah. <laughs> so i think that was really the story for me for this game um i don't really have any other stats except for we should touch on rebounding you want to talk about that one yeah yeah before we do that i wanted to you know you had mentioned about you know princeton and the ivy league you know one of the stats that uh, jumped out to me is when you were listening to the game is that um princeton you know being in the ivy league they they haven't lost a game in the ivy league yeah. since february of 2019 <laughs> that's 42 straight wins in the ivy league now we know it's the ivy league but still that's impressive that, that, you know, to go that, you know, 42 straight wins in, in your conference, that that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. So, yeah. uh, like you had said, I mean, not to take anything away from uh, Princeton, they are uh, a very good team. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think they were uh, underrated this year. But. Yeah. They had an 18 game winning streak coming into tonight. They yeah. haven't lost since early December, December or late December, the 22nd. So um, yeah, great point. Yeah. So uh you know, I think our, our Achilles heel tonight, um, you know, it was, it was twofold. One, it was the turnovers. Two, it was the uh, the rebounds. Um, we ended up out-rebounding them 32 to 29. 
But on the offensive rebounds, they out rebound us on the offensive boards ten to one. Yeah. You know? And with such a uh, the hype advantage that we had tonight, I thought we would have done better there. But um, their leading rebounder Mitchell, I believe she averages uh, 12, 12 rebounds a game. Ten. Yeah. Uh, ten. Yeah. Yeah. And she ended up with fifteen tonight. You know, five of them were offensive rebounds, and some of those possessions. I mean. Some of those possessions, I mean, they would have three or four shots at the basket, you know, yeah. and um, so we just couldn't, you know, either we couldn't find her, we had trouble, you know, finding our person and putting a body on somebody and uh, uh, fighting for that rebound. But, uh, um, you know, I think we're definitely and, you know, make sure that we're boxing out and, you know, going back to the fundamentals on that and make sure that we're uh, keeping them off the board and, you know, fighting for some of those offensive rebounds a little bit more. Yeah, and and I agree. Quang in the chat here said they do shoot a lot of long um, long mm -hmm. shots, and that does lead to long rebounds. Totally agree with that. That was probably part of what negated some of our height advantage that we did have. But again, I still wouldn't expect us to get out rebounded at least offensive rebounds for them with ten and only one for us. Again, part of ours is you know when we, <laughs> we didn't have as many off of offensive. I mean, it's all it all comes together, right? We only have one offensive rebounds because when we did shoot the ball, we were shooting 51%. And when we weren't shooting right. the ball, we were turning it over and you're not getting offensive rebounds. So, you know, it all, it all kinds of, <laughs> it all blends together. Um, anything else stat wise? Uh, I think that's, uh, that's it. I mean, we've already yeah. mentioned the, the five blocks uh, on mm -hmm. the night by the team. Um, five steals for both yeah, teams. five steals for both teams so i think that's uh, that covers the stats yeah absolutely um i do also just again in case you weren't sure i, I am pretty impressed with prince and i did enjoy watching them saturday i would have enjoyed watching them tonight if they were not playing us <laughs> they play a lot of fun basketball they're clearly well coached and you know they had balanced scoring too they had four players and double digits so mm -hmm. um compared to us we only had three tonight which was a little unusual for us so all right, well, um, we will move on then. So you are listening to the Doing the Work IU Post Game Show. You can catch us live immediately following most IU women's basketball games. And you can find us at our website at assemblycall.com. Also, while you're there, make sure to sign up for our free IU Hoops newsletter with over 9,000, close to 10,000 now of your fellow IU fans that have subscribed. You can join for free at today at join.assemblycall.com. Again, my name is Kathy Amos. I am here with my co-host, Sean Cron, and we are breaking down Indiana's second round NCAA tournament victory over Princeton that sent them into the Sweet 16 for the second game, second year in a row. All right, Sean, um, this, this section might be a little tough, so um, calling to our, our workaholics that are in the chat to start thinking about game ball and hustle, hustle words. So I'm gonna start with you though. Yeah. Who do you have for your game ball tonight? <laughs> oh boy, yeah, this this was a tough one for me. Um, I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mac tonight. You know, I, I don't think she, uh, you know, as far as the points, I mean, she wasn't our leading uh, scorer by by any means tonight, but she did lead the team in rebounds and blocks. Uh, I think her uh, defense down low uh, really uh, disrupted uh, Princeton tonight, and um, I, I think uh, you know. I think she had a really solid game. Yeah. Um, okay, so again, I'll repeat. We definitely don't talk about this before the show, and tonight's <laughs> another one, so we're going to call, throw it out to the, the chat mob. I, I, I had written down Grace Bar Berger for my game ball. Um, I know Grace on 
in terms of turnovers, at least in that first half, had five turnovers. However, I really thought that um, she came up clutch when we needed her to to scoring. I mean, she was my banner moment for a reason, and we gave her that ball out of that timeout when we're down with 28 seconds to go because we trust her with that 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 ball. Um, you know, she contributed some assists too there for us as well. Um, or one assist rather, but you know, seven rebounds as well. And so um, I'm voting for Grace. So we'll we'll leave it here to our workaholics to break the tie between Grace or McKenzie. Um, so I'm looking here, Quang and Joe both are voting for Grace. We'll see if anybody else comes in. But right now we'll say Grace. We can always come back and uh, change that. But let's say Grace for now. Um, and that makes it her 10th game ball for the year. Um, that is four each for McKenzie, Nicole, and Allie, and two for Alexa. Um, so now it is time for the Hoosier Hustle Award, and that's sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Um, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Remember, prevention cannot be measured, so let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. Again, that's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Okay, we had a few more votes coming in for Grace, so I think we can stick with Grace for the game ball. So, all right, Hustle Award. I'll I'll, I'll start us off, and boy, I I'm really struggling with this one tonight. I, I really think that you can go a number of different ways. Yeah. I think Nicole is always there because she just does a lot of hustle things. Um, I thought Allie, again, her defense was on point tonight with Abby Myers, and I'm not sure that we win this game without her defense. Chloe Moore McNeil, we didn't talk enough about her in the stats, so let's let me talk a little bit about her. You know, she ended up coming in off the bench and, and provided eight points. Um two or four from three-point land and just really provided us some really fantastic minutes. So to me, I, I you know, and, and then you already mentioned McKenzie. Um, she didn't get the game ball, but, you know, she contributed 10 points and eight rebounds. I just think that you could go a number of different ways. Um, <laughs> and I, so I'm really struggling this one, but, you know, I, and again, this may not be the, the the fan favorite, so we can you can break my tie or not. But I'm going to vote for Allie for my my hustle award. And again, I, I just thought that her defensive effort at the end of the day was something that kept Abby Meyer in check. You know, and she did some of the other leadership quality. I thought there were some other things that maybe didn't quite go her way that might have you know gotten her offensively more points than you might have seen. She had that key three pointer. I thought at the beginning of the. Um, what was that, the second quarter where she got fouled on the three-pointer? And yeah. she just made a lot of hustle plays that you don't show up. So for me, I'm going to vote for Allie. But what about you, Sean? Because, again, I think you can go to a lot of different ways on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chloe on this one tonight. Um, yeah. I, you know, she uh, she came in off the bench uh, again tonight, uh, hit two uh, three-pointers in key situations. Uh, she had another uh, nice drive down, down the middle of the lane for a, a layup. Um, you know, and, you know, she, along with that, you know, she had two, two rebounds uh, and led the team with uh, two steals tonight. So uh, she had a solid game with, uh, with eight points. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think we've got some good things to uh, look forward to in the future with Chloe. Yeah, absolutely. So we got uh, me with Allie and we got you with Chloe. So <laughs> 
Um, so I'm kind of looking here to see what we also got. We got an honorary, always Quang. Quang is always voting for for Nikki for honorary hustle. Um, John also voted here for Allie. So we'll kind of just keep an eye on that um, and see who comes in. But you know what? It's this is this is a good problem to have again. We've right. talked about this all year. And you know, if we split the the hustle award between a couple different players, then we'll. You know what? Well, let's let's split it. We can do that too. You know why? Because it's our show, and we can do what we want. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Sean. What other lingering um, storylines, lingering questions do you have coming out of this game? You know, I, I think the lingering question is is going to be you know twofold, like we had talked about earlier. You know, can they uh, eliminate um, you know, or, you know eliminate some of these uh, turnovers, the, these unforced um, turnovers? Um, you know, get that back, you know, get that number back, you know, underneath 10. Um, and again, can they get on the uh, offensive boards and, you know, and start uh, getting some of these uh, uh, second chance points? I mean, you know, we had, we only had one offensive rebound tonight. So, um, and, and we don't have the stats to tell us whether or not, you know, how many second chance points we had versus what they had. But um, I, I know at one point tonight, um, the commentator said that, uh, uh, I believe Princeton had scored 18 points off of our 17 turnovers. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that, that, that's a lot of points there um, to give up there. And then I, I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure how many second chance points uh, they had versus us on the, uh, on the offensive rebounds, but uh, I, I think it's, you know, th that's going to be my lingering questions. Can they, you know, can they improve those numbers going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I have the same lingering question written down, you know, and I'm not too overly concerned about it because, again, we averaged 12 turnovers per game. Um, we only had six against Charlotte, 18 tonight. Again, you know, the defense um, from our opposing players are definitely going to ratchet up. Um, so that that that's definitely it. Are we going to be able to, you know, again, we, we will play again on Saturday now. So we have some time off here to, to regroup and start scouting whoever our next opponent is. We'll get into that here in the previewing of our upcoming shows and opponents. But, um, okay, I'm looking here at the chat. I have a couple other people that voted with me for Allie. So, Sean, do you want to do Allie, or do you want to split it between Allie and Chloe? No, I think uh, Allie, you know, Allie had a really good game tonight uh, defensively, you know, holding uh, Myers to, uh, was it 11 points, I believe? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with uh, giving it to Allie tonight. Okay, great. Well, um, for our Hustle Awards then, Chloe does have six, leads that category for us on the season. Grace and Nicole both have five. Grace Berger and Nicole both have five. Um, Alexa and Allie now have two, and then we have one each for Mackenzie, Keondra, Grace Wagner, and Caitlin. So um, I don't have anything left to cover from this game. Do you have anything else you want to talk through? Uh, no. Okay. No. Well, let's talk a bit about our upcoming show and our upcoming opponents. Um, our next post-game show will be on Saturday. If you're wondering why, if you're watching, I keep standing up and trying to keep an eye on the game that's going on um, a little bit on the score here um, of our next opponent. So our next post-game show will be Saturday. We will play the winner of University of Central Florida, UCF, or University of Connecticut, UConn. They are currently playing right at the second. The last time I saw the score, I think UConn was up over UCF by about six. Um, uh, do you eight. have that by uh, eight 38, now? 38-30 right now at the okay, end of the third. third. At the end of the third. Okay, so UConn is up 
by eight at the end of the third. We will play that um, that winner. It will now be, I believe, we can move on to Bridgeport, which will be interesting if it does end up being Yukon, because I believe Bridgeport is only about something like, what, 20, 30 miles or so from University of Connecticut's campus. So um, not knowing who we're playing, I did pull up a little bit of information on both teams. I didn't go into a lot of in-depth, um, obviously. So first on UCF, they are the seven seed in our bracket. They are currently 26 and three um, coming into the game they're playing right now. Um, they beat the number 10 seed Florida in the opening round, 69 to 52. Um, UCF averages 60.7 points per game, um, and they are led by um, a player named Diamond Battles, and she averages 14 points per game. Um, on the flip side of that, you have UConn. UConn is the number two seed um, in our Bridgeport region. Um, they beat number 15 seed Mercer in their opening round game, 83 to 38. No, I didn't just flip the numbers. That is the correct score, 83 to 38. Um, that um, win for UConn was their 28th consecutive opening round win in NCAA tournament. So in case you weren't sure if UConn has a long history of NCAA tournament appearances and wins, that is their 28th year in a row that they have won their opening game. <laughs> um, UConn is definitely a, a fade right now to beat UCF, but you know, again, UCF is hanging right in there as of right now. Anyway, UConn overall is 26 and 5 on the year. Um, as a team, they average just shy of 75 points per game, and Kristen Williams is their leading scorer who averages 14.6 points per game. Um, the, the game will be on Saturday. They have not announced game times, um, so keep an eye out on Twitter. You can also subscribe to Assembly Call on our YouTube channel to get notifications for when we'll do the show. Um, for those of you who have been regular followers of us, um, Coach Jeff Marlowe is still um, in Europe with his, his class trip there, so Sean will most likely um, be filling in for him, again, quite admirably um, off the bench. <laughs> so, um, But we will definitely be back on Saturday for a show um, after that game. So you are listening to the Doing the Work IU postgame show. And one last reminder, please check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. And again, if it's your first order, you can use our Home Field um, code at H-O-M-E, home, at checkout and get 15% off your first order. Okay, Sean, it's last call. So let's go go around and you can start us off with your closing statements. What do you what do you have for us? You know, I, I just want to say uh, congratulations to the uh, IU women's team. Uh, reaching the uh, Sweet 16 for the second year in a row, that's, uh, that is a, a great accomplishment. Uh, I just hope that, uh, I, I hope there's more to come. Um, I'm excited to uh, continue watching this team, and, uh, you know, I'm excited for the next game. Yeah. You know what? We're still dancing, everyone. That's right. We're still dancing. Sweet 16. This is fantastic. You know, this team had some high um, expectations and things they set out for themselves, high goals that they set for themselves. They didn't quite accomplish what they wanted to in the regular season or the Big Ten tournament. Um, but their season's not over yet, everyone. We're still we're still playing, we're still dancing, we're still going. Um, and so thanks to everybody that's out here in the chat mob and the workaholics um, listening with us and chatting along with us tonight. Um, this is definitely our highest, uh, I think, we've had in terms of live viewership. So we definitely appreciate the support. Um, again, we're not here doing this for ourselves. We're here just because we want to share the, the love we have of Indiana women's basketball with other people. So if you uh, enjoyed the show, thank you very much. And please spread the word to your friends. And hopefully um, 
hopefully this will get a little more attention and a little more attention each time from for women's basketball in general because you know they're putting out some great product tonight and if you didn't think um women's basketball could be exciting then you definitely did not watch our game tonight so um there have been a lot of great games in general with the ncaa tournament as well for the women and so for my closing statement, I'm just I'm just excited to to be here to share this with, you know, my fellow Indiana fans with with Sean. Um, and I'm excited to be able to come back and do this again on Saturday for yet another NCAA post game show, whatever may come out of that. I have enjoyed watching this team um, all year. They, they never quit and um, we're not going to quit on them either. So that's right. I think that will do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of our live chat and be part of that workaholics crew we got going on, we got a couple of regulars in here. It's fantastic. Make sure you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call and subscribe there. So you get notified whenever we will have a show. Um, and don't forget to also go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Um, a special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design, who designs the Assembly Call logo. And thank you all for listening. And one last reminder, we will be back again with you on Saturday for yet another post-game show. And until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. Yeah. And Steve Fisher in the chat has just updated us. Now UConn is pulling away here a little bit. They're up 41 to 30. So, All right. um, Quang, I don't know who Richard is, so I can't tell you where he's at. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I don't know who he is though. <laughs> But yeah, so great, great, uh, great job tonight with all of our support out there in the in the chat, Mom. And Sean, thanks again for filling in. Yeah, I know it's not your most favorite thing in the world to do. That's um, all right. I uh, owe you. Uh, that's all right. I, I love IU, so uh, <laughs> hey, it's it, it, it makes it fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again. Um, we're gonna go ahead and sign off, and uh, we'll hopefully see you on the chat on on Saturday as well. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.